I don't know if we've ever had to do one of these disclaimers at the top of our show before, but here's a disclaimer. This may be the heaviest episode of Today by the Way to date. We talk about infant loss and depression, and I straight up cry. So if you are in a space where you think you can hear today's episode, I invite you to join us. But if you need to wait, then wait. Welcome to the best month of the year. Today, by the way, is Friday, October 2nd, and yesterday, I celebrated my internet birthday. Hi and hello! You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. On the internet, I use a fake name and a fake birthday. Have for nearly 20 years, but nonetheless, I always forget that I've made the 1st of October my internet birthday. As my opening ceremony to October to honor the month that I adore above all other months, on the very 1st of October, I get a happy birthday drink from Starbucks, I always choose a venti of something that I have never had before, and my inbox is full of brands offering me promo codes for my special day, which isn't actually my birthday. Only true friends and family and my doctor and dentist reach out to me on my actual birthday, which between you and me, is the day before Halloween, which is just perfect for me because I love Halloween, so I feel like my birthday is the prelude to the perfect holiday. It's the perfect holiday for me because it is the holiday for this extrovert with a sweet tooth and who loves weird clothing. I mean, when else are you going to put on something interesting, go talk to all of your neighbors, and come home with more sweets than you can eat in one evening? You know, I'm not 100% sure what our family plans to do for Halloween this year. I have a Halloween episode in the calendar for later this month, and here is a confession. I usually show up to record with a full script in hand, unless Chris is dropping in. (laughs) When Chris drops in, that usually means I didn't like what I have written, and I've asked if he'd like to lay down an impromptu episode with me instead. Today is going to be... Well, it's going to be exactly what this show is meant to be. It's a conversation with a friend. And maybe the theme should be things we just don't talk about. So fair warning, today I will be discussing depression. And because I am a bag of fun today, I will also be talking about miscarriage and infant loss. So I want to give you space today to opt out of this episode. I feel heavy and fragile, and I even cried while I was jotting down some notes for the episode, so I imagine this conversation to be raw as I verbally process some stuff. Maybe a normal person would stick to a script and stay on tone and task and write an episode about, I don't know, the history of ketchup, but I just feel a nudge and a need to say the thing that so many of us are feeling, and that's this. I am on edge. I do not know how much more my heart can take. And I feel tired, like a deep down tired to my soul. 
by my watch, we have discussed being tired at least twice before in these 84 episodes, but this somehow feels darker to me. Usually, for example, 2019 me, usually I am generally content. I love people and laughing and sunshine and dancing and being silly. I get mad, but I don't hang on to anger. I cry, but usually out of empathy or frustration or anger, which is embarrassing, not usually crying out of sadness. Most people would describe me as optimistic, maybe optimistic to a fault. I typically try to find the bright side in most situations. But these days, I don't know, I just find myself with less patience. I'm sleeping, but I don't feel rested. My procrastination is out of control, and things that shouldn't set me off set me off. I feel disconnected from people. I seem more forgetful, and I swing wildly between being overly sensitive, like crying at the drop of a hat, to feeling jaded and feeling like caring too much about something would take up too much of my energy and heart space, so why bother? I wouldn't say that I'm sad, I don't feel despair or hopeless. I I don't want to hurt myself, so don't worry about that. I I don't feel crazy or numb. Mostly I'm just, I'm just tired. I went to the doctor to make sure my thyroid is okay, and she wondered if I may have depression. And honestly, I don't know. Maybe I do. What I do know is this. At the top of this pandemic season, back in March, I was making sourdough and soaking up all the extra time with my kids. I was training my eye on the simple joys and the novelty that comes with uncharted territory. My disrupted routine caused me to clear my calendar. It gave me margin to try things that I had been meaning to try. I got to serve others in tangible ways, and I got to spend more time with Chris and the kids. I relished our lunches together and the slower pace. It was hard to admit since since this virus has killed and hurt so many, but in a way, it felt like during the pandemic, at the top of it anyway, it felt like our family was thriving. And look, I know, I know that that is not the case for a lot of people. We were in a position where Chris's job was fine. He actually got out of his terrible commute. My kids had been homeschooled previously, so they did great at distance learning. My sourdough starter thrived, and I got better at sewing. But here we are, seven months in, and I, I don't know, I feel like I look like the before picture in a side-by-side makeover photo. I don't know how else to describe it, but I feel both hardened and delicate. On most days, nothing sounds better to me than a long nap. I've had a particularly hard month. My September started with my routine skin cancer scan, which as a person who has had stage two melanoma, I get to get these done every three or four months. But I was carrying some extra anxiety with this particular scan because I had a new mole on my backside. And to me, well, the best I could see by twisting around to try to look at it, it looked identical to the stage two mole that I had a year ago. And also a year ago, they had taken a precancerous mole off my hip and that mole had come back recently. 
So I knew going into the appointment that they would biopsy both of those spots, which they did. And in the 10-day waiting period for those results, Heather, who was my college roommate, a girl whom I shared back-to-back birthdays with and joint parties with every year at school and was the maid of honor in her wedding, Heather died of cancer. We knew she was terminal, but we thought we had months. And she died in a matter of days. And I was just not prepared to carry to carry the emotional weight of that and the emotional weight for some of our classmates. And then and then the biopsy came back the day after Heather passed and they were both precancerous. The biopsies themselves had clean margins, so they didn't need further treatment. It wasn't cancer, so that's good news. It was just cells that would be cancer if left unchecked. I tried to put a good face on it. Yay, we caught it early. That's why scans are important. Hooray for vigilance. But when I really thought about it, the fact that the mole on my backside was very new, the fact that I will probably have to get my hips scraped and biopsied every time I go in now, and the fact that I have these precancer cells just roaming around in my body, it makes me feel really uncomfortable in my own skin. It causes me to take my, my mortality more seriously. I hate cancer, you guys. I hate that not only has it taken numerous people from us far too soon, but I hate that the thought of it clouds my days sometimes. So, with my health stuff and Heather's passing and the passing of three others in my circle in this very same 10-day period and RGB's death and the new cycle, I'm just tired. And I feel this I feel this collective exhaustion around me. I see it in my family, I see it in my friends, and I see it on my feed. We're all just tired and cranky. So I guess today, I don't know, my whole reason for sharing this is to remind you that if you're exhausted or if you feel both hardened yet delicate, you are not alone in that. If you're wondering if you may be depressed, you may be even if that's new for you and you should talk to your doctor about it. And that's okay. It's been a hard year. We are carrying more emotional stress than most of us have probably ever carried before and we're carrying all this without a break. Our kids and our partners and our friends are going through this too. So we all feel a little more disconnected and just off with each other. The way that my the way that I act when I'm stressed it bumps up against the way that Chris acts when he's stressed and the way that my kids act when they're stressed. And so our previous harmony is now just this cacophony that feels chaotic. I don't have a solution. I wish I did. I pray. I pray the first line from Psalm 13 a lot these days, and it's, how long, oh God. And I do find comfort in the fact that this hardened yet delicate feeling I'm feeling sounds, well, it sounds a lot like the jars of clay that Paul describes us in in 2 Corinthians 4. We're molded by a master potter 
hardened and made strong by fire, delicate and needs to be taken care of, but gosh, still so useful in its ordinary state, in its everyday. I have to believe that even in this state, God is still using me. And now a quick word from our newest sponsor, Upper Room. The Upper Room is a Christian organization that publishes books and magazines that produce programs to support the spiritual life of Christians around the world. The Upper Room is best known for the Upper Room Daily Devotional, which is published in 35 languages and is available in more than 100 countries. I remember seeing them for the first time when I was a new Christian at my Christian college. We kept them in our common rooms for students to use. Let's face it, setting time aside every day for daily devotionals isn't always a top priority for busy parents, and the Upper Room knows this. Their daily devotional guide provides daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only Christian interdenominational daily devotional magazine written by their own community of readers, ordinary people, people who have encountered God in daily situations. The Upper Room has over 80 years of history and 5 million readers around the world. The Upper Room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, and a printed magazine. You can enjoy a free 30-day trial of their email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's U-P-P-E-R-R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. I just signed up myself to check it out. I can't wait to hear what you think. Now back to the show. Well, let's just keep this bummer of a show going. I don't know if you saw the news, but Chrissy Teigen and John Legend announced two days ago that halfway through Chrissy's third pregnancy, their baby boy, Jack, died. And can this year just please not? Ever since I found out that Chrissy Teigen is Thai and white like me, her mom reminds me so much of my own mom, I have felt a special affection for her. So her loss in a little way It feels like a friend's loss, and I know that's silly because she's a celebrity, but I cried and I listened to moody music all day yesterday, and yes, I did make a playlist that I could cry to. October is International Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. It's, It's a month set aside to remember all the young lives lost during pregnancy and infancy, and I want to talk about it because we just don't talk about it. Many years ago, I... I went with a good friend to hear author Angie Smith speak at a church. Angie wrote a book called I Will Carry You, The Sacred Dance of Grief and Joy, which is a book she wrote after the death of her daughter, Audrey Caroline. Angie shared that as a speaker and as an author, she gets to talk about Audrey Caroline, that she gets to say her name and keep her memory alive, but that for so many other women, they don't get that chance. She asked that if any woman who had lost a baby or a child would stand and to say their child's name out loud if they had given that child a name. And y'all, more than half of the women in that building stood, including my good friend. And that was something that I had not known about her. I think back to when I was pregnant and a sweet friend of mine from church came to my baby shower and she pulled me aside to tell me that she needed to leave early and that she was so sorry but that she had had a miscarriage a couple weeks prior, and she didn't expect our celebration to be so hard on her. I didn't know what to say or to do, and I mean, she hadn't yet told me that she was pregnant, so I just hugged her and said I understood. And then she left, and over time we drifted apart. I wish I would have handled it differently. 
that I wouldn't have let her suffer alone. For her to be so frank and to have tried to come celebrate with us, now I can see how much she must have cared for me to try. Since then, and since Angie's talk, I do better now. I ask moms if they thought about a name. I ask her if she wants to share the beautiful things she remembers about being pregnant for that short time, like how she found out or how she told her husband or family. And I like to buy a gift. I always love an oversized cozy cardigan as a grief gift. I think sweaters feel like hugs. They're basically wearable blankets. I also like to get personalized jewelry, and I nearly always buy from Betsy Farmer Designs on Etsy because I met her once, and she's a mom, and I know she makes the jewelry by hand with her little crew at her feet. I've gotten friends initial necklaces, one charm for each child, including the one they've lost, and, and I've also done initials and then a heart to represent the lost child if there wasn't a name yet. I include a note that says that they can wear the charm or put it in a box, but that I wanted them to know that their baby is remembered. I think it can be very difficult to talk about with friends, especially if you have a baby and your friend has lost hers. In the case of my church friend who left my baby shower, until she had her next child, in the back of my mind, I wondered if seeing my child every Sunday reminded her of the age that her first child would have been. I don't know if I kept her at arm's length or if she kept me at arm's length or if we just both mutually decided to swing wide around each other. But in retrospect, I think we should have clung to one another. Writer Ariel Levy, in an essay about her son's death after she suffered a placental abruption, described herself as a wounded witch wailing in the forest undone. And I hope... I hope that I can be the kind of friend who can embrace those who are undone. Today, can we just pause? I know you may need to take a moment to take a jagged breath here, but I can't stop thinking about that moment in that church building, how more than half of the women stood up. This here, this is a community of women, most of whom are mothers, most of whom are in our childbearing years. I want you to have space right now, right here in the middle of this conversation, to let you know that if you are a mother whose arms ache to hold a baby who is no longer with us, we remember. We remember you in your grief, and we remember that precious life that you got to carry, even if it was only for a few short weeks. You can, right now, whisper your baby's name, or say baby, or beloved if you don't know your baby's name. I hope that you know, not just today and not just in this month of October, that you and your baby are loved. Okay, friend, I know that was a hard one, but that is it for today. There's just a little bit for you in the show notes at todaybytheway.com slash episodes. The link to Upper Room, Angie's book, and my friend's Etsy shop, they're all there. And I also want to let you know that... (laughs) This is your first episode of today, by the way. It's not always like this. If you want to talk about anything, this kind of hard stuff, or really anything, I think yesterday we talked about Kim Kardashian's kids' playroom. (laughs) Rich and delightful conversations are always going on on our Facebook group, which is called My Internet Besties. I mean, that's what besties do, right? They talk about it all. 
I am thankful for you. I always appreciate it when you let this friendship be the kind that can go there. This weekend, I just want you to know that you're not alone, that you're not crazy or overreacting or a failure, that you are a good mom and a dear friend. Get some rest, get something sweet to eat, and I'll pray that something, something will make you belly laugh this weekend. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on.